So What is a podcast from The Gathering at Crossings Community Church. This podcast exists to help young adults navigate real life and cultural topics in light of what the Bible says. The Gathering meets weekly on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. at Crossings Community Church. It is a place for young adults in their 20s and 30s to belong and be known and become like Christ. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Okay, whenever. Hey guys, welcome back to So What? We're glad you're here. Um, This week, we're rocking and rolling with a new topic, but let's introduce ourselves first. We haven't done that for a while. I'm Paige. I'm Oakley. I'm Andy. And we're just glad to be here today. Today, though, I want to kick off our question with a, what was your favorite childhood drink Hmm. of choice? I know probably don't like them now because I don't know about you, but my tastes have changed a lot since I was <laughs> what, a kid. What was your childhood drink, Paige? It was some good old strawberry milk. But I'll be honest, I said <laughs> that. Strawberry milk? Strawberry milk, like hot pink, red food dye, not like good you'd for put you. the Hershey. The Hershey strawberry okay. syrup right. like in yep. it. And you know yep. I was really heavy-handed with it. Like it did not taste like milk. Yeah. And I'll be honest, full disclosure, <laughs> I still like that today. I still drink it. I still would. Okay, what about you? My childhood drink was uh, grape juice. And so oh, I, I, holy know, I know. Listen, there was one time. Close your ears if you have a weak stomach. There was one time I drank so much grape juice that I had to run out to my grandma's backyard and throw up purple everywhere. No! Oh, and was that the it last happened. time you drank it? It actually was. Or did, like a dog <laughs> to its vomit, did you I, return I, to the grape juice? I do the Lord's Supper. I'm not above that. But I, uh, besides that little shot glass of juice, I don't drink grape juice besides anymore. Besides the Lord's grape juice, no grape yeah, juice. There's, there's nothing like getting sick on something and then like it just ruining that food item yes. for the rest of your life. 100%. Dude, my drink, when I was a kid, we, we had quick trips where I grew up. And me and my buddy, we'd just go in and get a cup. And we would get about two or three ounces of every drink available on the soda oh. machine. <laughs> Um, and it was wonderful. Here's the thing. Did it taste the same every time? I have questions. No, no because, I mean, it, it was a different level of Dr. Pepper, Sprite, Mountain Dew, Coke. Oh, my just God. Orange like Crush. Every, like, it, it was never the same amount. So it always had a little, it was a little exciting. Kind of like Dunkin'. Now it's disgusting. Now I tried it. My kids do it. They love it. I hate it now. So Oof. taste buds change. That is true. Ugh. That's wild. That's <laughs> wild. No. I read a thing one time that apparently like your taste buds regress as you go like you can taste less which is why you like more foods because you just can't taste how bad they are wow that makes me feel better about my childhood <laughs> maybe you'll uh, like more vegetables maybe I wasn't such a bad kid me. mom <laughs> <laughs> chicken nuggets are best okay anyways so today we're just gonna hop right into our topic um we're talking about alcohol which I hope you were not drinking as kids so I hope this is a new phenomenon no one's, no one's for you choice nope. as an no 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 <laughs> and so kind of just a broad stroke can Christians drink alcohol because I know in culture today whether you were raised really conservative and you think that alcohol sends you straight to hell or you were raised not in the church and in a more liberal denomination and you think you can drink kind of whatever you want it's not really an issue at all and I know a lot of people fall kind of in the middle so where Kind of, what is our stance on that? Can Christians drink? Great question. Short answer is yes. You know, <laughs> obviously we're going to dive into it a little mm-hmm. more. Yep. Um, can you? I, I don't find in scripture anywhere that there is an explicit command against drinking alcohol. Uh, what we find in scripture is there are explicit commands against getting drunk. Ephesians 5 uh, speaks into that. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, a word we don't use nowadays. But just really warns against it. Uh, don't get drunk Brings with wine. Brings a different flavor to, to, the, <laughs> to the idea of getting drunk. Spice. Yeah, so yeah. in short, uh, yes, you can, you know, but um, I'm, I'm sure that this question is coming from a place, too, of, you know, how much is too much is, 
is drinking? Does it put you in, in more compromising situations? So should you not drink because of that? Not just because it's a command? Yeah. I don't know, Andy, what are your thoughts? Well, no, I, I mean, I agree. I, I think it's, it's, it's difficult to make an argument that you, that the Bible says you should not drink. Mm-hmm. Case in point, Jesus' first miracle that we see is turning water into wine. Like that's a pretty significant problem if you're trying to make the argument that wine or alcohol in itself is evil, mm. right? Well, Jesus provided it. So now we have a problem. So I agree with you, Oak. I think it's it, it's the idea of how do we steward this issue in our life as Christians? It's not a yes or no. It's a, all right, What what is the appropriate, wise, correct, biblical way of thinking about it? Um, because even like a lot of the weddings that I do, I'll, I'll bring up um, Ecclesiastes um, 9, verse 7, uh, which says this. It says, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart for God has already approved what you do. And so we see verses like that on and off uh, throughout scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. It's like, okay, the Bible doesn't talk about alcohol the way that my church growing up did, or at least my, <laughs> that my parents right, did. Yeah. And so I think this is why it's important um, to eat, even as we grow up, even as we we hear pastors like myself talk about things, it's really important for you to dive into scriptures yourself and say, hey, what what do I see Jesus saying? What does God's word say mm-hmm. when it comes to alcohol? And, and I think we'll find that sometimes, just sometimes, maybe other people, um, their motive comes across. Like I know my parents were just fearful, right? They didn't want me to screw up my life. And so they, they built a, a narrative around alcohol that it is bad, it is dangerous. Do not do it. Mm-hmm. And so I internalized that. I was like, yeah, Christians don't drink. That's not what we do, mm-hmm. right? And so, but it was never a, hey, let's open the Bible. Here's some verses. You know, let's let's have a conversation about what does this say? And that yeah. Ephesians 5 verse is my favorite verse when it comes to, to alcohol. It's like, hey, don't be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so be filled with something, right? Don't be yeah. influenced by alcohol. Be influenced by the Spirit. It's not saying mm-hmm. you don't drink. But it says, what are you being influenced by? Yeah, that's good. One of the other, so kind of to counter that. So the Bible says that can drink juice provides wine, but in First Peter 5, 8, it says, be alert and sober-minded. Um, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And so when I was looking at the definition of sober-minded, it says, um, the definition is, we do not allow ourselves to be captivated by any type of influence that would lead us away from sound judgment. And so if I think people read that verse— they think sober-minded, they kind of have a dichotomy between that verse and alcohol being in the Bible. So where is kind of that tension? What yeah, because we, we that? see that word sober, and we, th- we, we, we exclusively use the word sober as it pertains to alcohol. Mm-hmm. You know, Peter's probably almost guaranteed talking maybe about alcohol, but extrapolating it beyond a lot of other things like, hey, let's keep a sober mind. And so I think the, the point, you know, that— that we're talking about is like, what is, what is influencing you? Like we, we talk about like a DUI driving under the influence. Right. Um, and so I think what Peter's saying is like, what is influencing us? What is, how are we living under the influence of the spirit or are we living under the influence of money, alcohol, greed, lust? Like what is the influence that's determining our decisions and that we're filtering life through? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with him. Be alert, be sober. Like we need to be of right mind. And so then that comes to like, okay, so to your what you brought up earlier, Oakley is like, how far is too far mm-hmm. when it comes to drinking alcohol? Mm-hmm. Um, because that word sober jumps out to us from First Peter. 
for sure. And yeah. I think that that uh, line of how far is too far obviously is going to look different for every person. So really with anything that we ever talk about, we've talked about dating, you know, we've talked about social media and different aspects and um, decision-making, you know, you have to know yourself as a person to also know too, what is that line going to be for me? Because it's not going to be maybe the same as the next person that can handle alcohol a little bit differently. You know, I've met many of guys and gals that this has not been my walk, um, praise God, truly only by the grace of God, but I've met many other people and people that are in my circle that have struggled with addictions mm-hmm. to alcohol in the past. And so it's one of those things where their line is going to be very different than maybe uh, mine or someone else that's had a different story than them, whereas they steer clear of it completely because they know this is just a gateway yeah. for me to make decisions that aren't honoring to yeah. Christ and aren't honoring to my own body. So I've got to draw that line um, pretty close to myself um, and not not let up on that or become flexible because I can quickly become um, less sober-minded whenever I entertain those things. So. Uh, know yourself as well. Know what your well, past you, I, is. I think you bring up a really good point. It's not just an, a me thing. Mm-hmm. That in our culture, we it's very much like, well, what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Like what I have the right, right? Like we, mm-hmm. like First Corinthians ten twenty three and twenty four. Paul writes, I have the right to do anything. You say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Mm-hmm. And so it isn't just a conversation about me. And what I want to do or what I feel good about, it's also taking into consideration who is around me, right? We, we talk a lot in our ministry about Romans 12, 10, that we should outdo or lead in honoring one another, um, caring for each other, love as Christ has loved. And so I think when it comes to this idea of alcohol, it's not just, hey, how, what can I do? It's being aware of those people around us, like you said, that may either come from a background where maybe their family dealt with a lot of alcohol or there was abuse surrounding alcohol, or um, or they themselves are walking mm-hmm. through a struggle, or they're coming out of um, an addiction, or they're trying to keep sober. And so I do think it's not just a me issue, like I have the right. Who are you to tell me, right? Again, we want to give ourselves unto un, into submission to God and his word. And Ephesians 5 is, to me, super plain. Do not be drunk. Like, don't, don't do it. Um, but at the same time, Jesus water into wine. So like there's yeah. there's an in-between. I'm like, okay, my guess is in that day, Jesus drank wine with his boys as, as they traveled around, you know, sharing the, the message of the gospel, the kingdom of God. And so it, it, it starts to come down to, all right, it's permissible, but is it beneficial? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a, the question that I have for you then, you know, taking those types of people that maybe have had a deeper struggle in the past with alcohol, say you're in a social setting with them. Do you feel like it would be okay if this hasn't been your struggle before for mm-hmm. you to have a drink and entertain that uh, all the while sitting next to your brother or sister that maybe has struggled more yeah. in the past. You know, where is that line in those types of situations of what's permissible versus what's beneficial? So I probably have a, like you guys know me, I, I have strong opinions. And so here, here would be my thought is if I'm thinking everything is permissible, not beneficial, I should not be drunk on wine. I should honor one another. I should care for my brother in Christ as, as Christ has cared for me. What I think is, you know what? I have? Do I have the freedom to have a glass of wine at dinner? Yeah, I think I do. Do I need to do that if I'm sitting with someone mm-hmm. who I know their story? No, I don't. 
Like, I don't want to put that temptation in front of them. I don't want to make, you know, little of what is really big in their life. And so I think, especially when it comes to people that either have a, a background somewhere in their life of alcohol abuse or alcohol, you know, causing major problems, mm-hmm. or they themselves, like, when those are present, then my freedom is to not drink. Mm-hmm. I have the freedom not to do it. Well, it's just like First Corinthians 8, 9. Be careful that this right of yours not become a stumbling block to someone mm-hmm. else. Like, just because it's not sin for you yeah. does not mean it is not sinful if you do it in a way that makes someone else stumble. Yeah. And I think if, if if those were, if that kind of conversation starts to, you know, get your, if that bothers you to say like, well, why should I have to not do something <laughs> because someone else hasn't handled it well in the past? Mm-hmm. Then my question is to them is why is alcohol so important to you that you have to have it? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a real conversation. Like, if you can't have fun with a group of people without having alcohol present, that's probably not a them issue. That's probably you are dependent on that in some way, shape, or form. So you, you know, like we talked about, like we try and deflect the problem on them, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> Versus saying, hey, you know what? That's a good question. Why, mm-hmm. why do I have a problem not having a glass of wine or whatever it may be when so-and-so is here? Mm-hmm. Um, that might be something to really wrestle with. Um, it, maybe alcohol has a bigger play in your life than you think. Mm-hmm. And that maybe it's influencing you more than you think. Mm-hmm. That, hey, I, you think, man, I have control over this. Well, maybe maybe not if you get in a bad mood because you can't. Yeah. You know, or you're, you struggle with saying, you know what, I, for the sake of my brother in Christ, for the sake of my sister in Christ, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Like that should be something we rejoice in versus get frustrated over and have conflict over. So I, that, that's, and yeah, I don't want to cause my brothers to stumble. Mm-hmm. And so we've had a lot of people in our ministry over the past coming out of addiction. And so we've had to work through that with some of our small groups. And like, what does it look like to do life together, knowing that this person is trying to live in sobriety? Like, I want to celebrate that with them. I want to help them in every possible way. And so if we're going to have a friend night, like I'm inviting them and we're just going to not provide alcohol. Like that, we're not going to do that. We're not going to go out on the weekends to some place that that's the whole evening is surrounded by that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, and it kind of goes back to what we've talked about a lot of other issues. Like, where is your heart at behind it? Like, Mm -hmm. are you humble enough to be like, okay, like I don't need that. Yeah. And like, why are you doing it? Like, are you drinking because like it's something celebratory like with friends or are you drinking because like you have to, because I think that's where that it has to be at every event. It becomes a barrier in relationships and those kind of things kind of pop up. What are y'all's thoughts? No, I agree. Um, I, I definitely agree. When when you're going to um, maybe like this this frat type party in college, and you're going with friends, I would say, and just because I had <clears throat> been to different types of events like that with sorority and fraternity events in college, so we're like, not talking hypotheticals here. Where this is <laughs> what I'm this is saying is to Oakley's getting, college years. Yes, getting <laughs> to have have been exposed to different events like this. Um, it can become clear to kind of see maybe people that are coming with the motive of, I'm here to not remember this night or yeah. the motive of like, I'm here to socialize, you know, or different things like that. So uh, it does come back to a heart issue, you know, and to know yourself to know, hey, at a certain point, like I remember having this thought um, in college or maybe someone shared this with me, I can't remember, but uh, on the topic of drinking, I remember them challenging me, you know, at a certain point, would you be able to clearly communicate the message of Jesus and talk about real life stuff with people if you had another drink or if you Mm -hmm. continued on in what you're doing this evening? 
And I'm like, goodness, I don't ever want to put myself in a place where God can't use me anymore to the fullest that he wants to use me as a believer Mm -hmm. because I've now compromised myself, whether it be alcohol or literally anything else. Uh, Because the mission to me is bigger than that, than having that next drink or going to kind of goes back to the the first Peter, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. we need to be sober-minded and alert, right? Not just for ministry opportunities, but also when we're not in control, the devil is prowling like a roaring lion, waiting waiting to, to, to do something that, that's going to mess up our life. Yeah. Uh, and our witness, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, no, and that's, I mean, I think that bleeds in well kind of with that next thought that I'd love to hear, just thoughts on um, when I think about alcohol. And if I'm, I'm coming from this place where maybe that hasn't been an addiction in my life, but I still want to navigate how to um, treat alcohol with a, appropriate respect, it kind of begs this question that you mentioned earlier, Andy, you know, how far is too far I think about in our dating relationships, we're prone to ask this question pretty quickly with physical boundaries. Yeah. Okay, how yeah. far is too far? When have I crossed a line? You know, and, and we've addressed that before. Is that really the right question we should be asking? But nonetheless, we are. And so with this, uh, you know, asking that same kind of question, if I'm toying the line in this area, when does it become inappropriate and unhealthy? How far is too far in the context of alcohol? I would say, and I mean— I would say 1 Corinthians 10, 31. No matter what you do, whether you whether uh, what you eat or drink, do it all for the glory of God. That would be the question I would ask. Instead of how much can I drink, uh, maybe the, the better question would be, at what point does, does this uh, glorify God or not glorify God? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that brings into the conversation control, witness, like we didn't even get into earlier, like it may not just be somebody at your table, right? Like as a pastor, I'm very cognizant of this. Like I do, I don't have, when I go out to dinner in, in town, I don't have a glass of wine um, because I know there may be people in that restaurant who know who I am. And they maybe they grew up in a, in a denomination where they're like, no, alcohol is like, you cannot do that. And I don't want to inadvertently cause someone to stumble. Mm-hmm. And so again, I want to do things to the glory of God, um, not to satisfy some social expectation. Um, so I think it, 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 you start running through that checklist in your mind of like, okay, can I do this to the glory of God? All right, what is influencing my decision to do this? Is it social pressure? Is it an insecurity that I want to be included? Like what's influencing you? Is it the spirit mm-hmm. that's influencing you? Or is it something else? Um, so that to your point, my witness would not be uh, brought in, in into question, and I wouldn't cause anyone else to stumble. That says, mm-hmm. "Oh, hey, look, Pastor Andy's having a drink. Oh, I guess I can too." Well, no, I don't want to cause anyone to make that mm-hmm. logical jump. Mm-hmm. What I want them to say is, "Hey, let's look deep into God's Word. What does Jesus say about it? What is it, how does His Word inform us um, on how we are to handle these things?" Because, I mean, you you could take this mentality of like, "Well, everything's permissible, right?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not everything is beneficial to a really unhealthy place. That's why I think it's important to have conversations like this with people that you trust um, in terms of trust that they know God's word and they they have the best in mind for you. To have these conversations with other fellow believers is like, hey, what are we doing? Why are we doing that? Like, do we need to do this? Yeah. If we feel like we need to, why do we feel that way? Yeah. Um, what are we doing with our weekends? What are we doing on a Friday night? Is where we're going appropriate for Christians to be engaging? Mm. I don't know. I it just a lot of good questions need mm. to be asked, not from a judgmental standpoint, but just from a man. Let's 
let's kind of turn the, as as my wife always says, let's turn the, the the diamond a little bit. Let's turn it, ask a better question, and see how does God's word inform us. I love that question. So you kind of touched on it, but one of the questions that we get a lot is, okay, so I know I'm not supposed to get drunk, but as a Christian, like, can I go out? Can I go out for bachelorette parties, for people's engagements, or with my friends on a Friday night who maybe aren't Christian who invited me and witness in that way? So kind of how do we toe that line and do well? You hit on it a little bit, but I know I kind of wanted to explicitly state it and get it out there. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think we like, we run from being around unbelievers. Like that. We're kind of like, mm-hmm. no, you see Jesus engaging non-believers all the time. But I think being very cognizant of like, who are we? What is our identity? I'm a child of God. I am submitted to the king and his kingdom. And so I want to live out my kingdom principles and my kingdom values instead of saying, I'm going to put my kingdom values aside because we're going to have a bachelorette weekend, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. What stays in Vegas, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Like that's not, no. Um, we want, we want. Uh, uh, I, I would use the, the word, we want to live with integrity that what we say at church, we live out in our life. Or as my counselor friends would say, and we want an integrated faith, that our faith would m- match our life. And so, man, if you have friends that aren't believers, praise God. Like, God's probably going to use you to show them Jesus. And so on the weekends, go have a great time. Enjoy relationship. But understand that you are an ambassador for Christ on that bachelorette weekend. You are an ambassador for Christ on Friday night. Everywhere we go as Christians, that's our calling. Mm -hmm. Uh, We just talked about 2 Corinthians 5 says, you have been reconciled, right? So now go be ministers of reconciliation. You are ambassadors for Christ. So again, all these kind of thoughts come through my head is like, all right, as an ambassador of Christ, can I do this? Mm-hmm. Should I engage in this? And heck, if you're like, no, I can't, then what a wonderful opportunity to talk to our friends. Like, why? Why I'm not drinking this weekend, uh, you know, in Vegas or Nashville or wherever you're going. That, that's, a, that's an opportunity to, to put our faith out into the public uh, square versus like, I'm just going to hide it for the weekend. Be awkward. Let it be awkward. Who knows what God's doing in the life of those you're with because you are an ambassador of Christ as a Christian. So mm-hmm. I recently joined uh, an indoor soccer team and it's been one of the hardest things in my life. I'm so out of shape. <laughs> I noticed that I did not get an invite to that team. So out of shape. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess. Okay. You weren't running I'm enough laps. Sorry. But, uh, I, I know where I stand. <laughs> <laughs> I had this thought last week when we went to the game because we were uh, our team color was white that night. So I put on my white shirt and at the bottom of my shirt, I had like a verse reference on the bottom. It had a word and then a verse reference. And I remember thinking, literally had this thought driving there. Okay, I can't be this crazy psycho <laughs> soccer player on the field because I have the Bible verse on my shirt. You're you know? an ambassador for Christ. I'm an ambassador for Christ, yes. right. Yeah. But I think about that. It's like, if we if we really did think of it in that way, you know, it says in Ephesians 1, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. It is like a signet ring on our forehead, you know? Yeah. And if we yeah. really treat it as such, then is my life and my actions on the weekends, am I grieving the Holy Spirit? Because it says also mm-hmm. in scripture yeah. that we can do that. You know, are we grieving the Holy Spirit or are we allowing the Spirit to influence every part yeah. of us? And another thing I think to note too here is, um, again, these have to be choices that we call each other to in the body of Christ, yes, but because they are so different for every person, uh, it's not as black and white as other things, then there needs to be grace upon grace offered yeah. for other people's lines that they're drawing or, or choices I would say like everybody, everybody may have a different conviction <clears throat> on this yes, issue. Yes, yeah. And we need to give grace for that. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's just, mm-hmm. I think that's the point to make. If you've chosen— uh, not to drink on a certain weekend or even for a certain period of time in your life. Uh, if you're with other believers that are not going to get drunk or not acting crazy or not misrepresenting the name of Christ, but maybe have other lines or boundaries than yourself, 
I did not make them feel bad about that either yeah. with this being something that's not explicitly wrong or stated in scripture uh, as far yeah. as alcohol goes. Or, you know, I think of like, I, I run into situations uh, over my last eight years in this ministry where somebody who's dealing with sobriety doesn't get invited to something because they're going to be the buzzkill, right? I'm like, that is a problem. Like that is, like that is, to me, like this person, we want to honor them. We want to celebrate what God's doing in their life. And so why would we exclude them? Because we feel the need, like we need this beverage at our party. You know what I mean? Like that, mm-hmm. like it just broke my heart. I remember when, uh, I mean, it was years ago. Um, there's a ministry, local ministry here called HIA, Hope is Alive, where it's a sober living home. And he, when this guy told me that, like, yeah, I don't get invited with this group anymore. And they were Christians. And I think the, the group thought, hey, we're going to help, we're going to help them by not inviting them. I'm like, that just seems really strange. Mm-hmm. It's like, we're mm-hmm. going to exclude you from our Christian community because you have a past. <clears throat> to me, that is the opposite of grace. Yeah. Right? Is we're going we're gonna to inadvertently hold your past against you and exclude you. Going back to the conversation earlier, like, well, then maybe alcohol might be too important. Yeah. That it's more important than a relationship with somebody who's trying to walk in sobriety. Mm-hmm. And so— Anyway, that, mm-hmm. sorry, that was a tangent. But no, it's I good. No. 100% agree with you, you said Oakley. Yeah. Well, I like the point that you guys kind of both brought up earlier about having an integrated faith. And I feel like this is very much one of those issues that people like to pick up and set aside and pick up and mm-hmm. drop down whenever it's convenient, whenever they want to have fun, whenever they yeah. do whatever, just because there's a lot of social pressure around it. I mean, you guys were talking about um, just kind of being an ambassador with the Holy Spirit reminded me of 1 Corinthians 16. At 6, 19 through 20, it says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price, so glorify God with your body. Mm-hmm. And I know for me, like, that's been always a very sober reminder of like, okay, like, would I do this if I was with Jesus right now? Like, would I be engaging in these actions? That's a very convicting thought. Yeah. And just kind of like when I'm out or when I'm with my friends celebrating when I'm doing whatever, like, and am I doing it in a way that brings honor to the Lord and that I am proud of the way I'm representing Christ? Well, the, the other side about that is, you know, that the Holy Spirit <clears throat> dwells us as, as, as believers. Yeah. And that same verse, just a little earlier, we're talking about our body, right? And so we talked about, I talked about that a couple weeks ago at the gathering of, of when we take our body and engage our body in sexual immorality, what we're also doing is we're bringing the temple of the Holy Spirit into sexual sin. And so I think we could make the same argument. Like our body is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And so if I'm going to bring that into this situation, I need to be understand I'm bringing the Holy Spirit of God into this situation. So whether that's a sexual immorality issue or whether that is I'm going to go get blitzed on the weekend, like we're still— we're bringing the Holy Spirit into something that is unholy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, one, I hope there's some serious conviction on that um, because the, the the regenerate heart hates that it sins. Um, and so I think there is there is a balance, and the conviction is going to be different. If you grew up in this denomination, you're going to have a different conviction than somebody who grew up in this denomination. If you grew up a non-believer in a fall of Christ, you're going to— And so we need to, like you said, Oakley, have a lot of grace mm-hmm. and understanding and patience— but I think the end goal is to be obedient to God's word and to honor one another as we walk forward through it. Mm-hmm. And probably some of these are going to cause hard conversations to have with ourselves, maybe with a friend or a friend group of like, hey, maybe we shouldn't do this. Are we, you know, and just have a good conversation about it. Yeah. Oakley, any final thoughts? Well, I guess we can just wrap it up even with, so what? You know, we've talked about a lot this podcast. And so, so what about alcohol? And I think some things to note is the Bible calls us to um, 
flee from the enemy and be of sober mind. And so that can be interpreted and taken a lot of different ways, but know yourself, know your bins with alcohol, especially, uh, and put yourself in places where you can make the most being an ambassador for Christ, make the most impact yeah, for his yeah. kingdom. Is there I, else? I, I would always, uh, when I think so what, I always think questions. Yeah. My mind always goes through yeah. questions. Yeah. Is ask yourself, what is my relationship with alcohol? Mm-hmm. Do I do I need to have it in order to have fun, in order to make friends, in order to feel like I fit in? Like those are those are really good questions to ask yourself. Um, and then be honest with yourself. It's like, could I, what would my life look like if I said, I'm not going to drink alcohol for a year? What does that do to your heart? You're like, oh no. Okay, that might be a light on the dashboard. And so mm-hmm. I just think, what are the good questions that we need to ask instead of just, can we do it? Let's ask a little deeper question. What is my relationship with it? Mm-hmm. How do I think about it? How was I raised? Is that correct? What does God's word say? Like, I, I love that filter. What is, what's God's opinion on this? And there's a lot of it. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to Google very far to find out what the Bible actually says about alcohol. And so- yeah. So what? Ask better questions. Ask deeper questions. Mm-hmm. And there we go. Well, thank you guys for joining us. We hope this was helpful and insightful. And as always, if you have more questions or you want to talk further, for you to reach out to one of us, we'd love to talk to you about it. And we hope you guys have a good week.